0: The DAMN Podcast is brought to you by the Influential Grooming Lounge. It's more than just a barbershop. It's where influencers elevate each other and the community meets. Welcome, everybody, into another episode of The DAMN Podcast with your hosts, Marcus Greaves and Angie Machado. Angie, tomorrow's a big day. It's signing day.
1: It's a huge day, you know, and and this is only the second year, Marcus, that we've had this early signing period where the non-early enrollees can sign. You know, back before... This was kind of a smaller day. It was, you know, the JUCO mid-year transfers and the guys that were going to enroll early. But now it's become, I mean, just in two short years, I mean, this is the main signing day. February for Oregon State now looks like it'll be mostly the preferred walk-ons and maybe two to three different uh, scholarship guys. But this is the big, big day.
0: This is the bread and butter. Angie, I'm kind of in a good mood today, too. I was thinking about it even some more for those of you who have followed our podcast I know I started off being super salty and like these damn kids, all they want to do is get on social media and post. But you know, I've been following some guys, and I was like, you know, this is actually pretty cool. I'm pretty happy for the kids, and I, that's that's kind of what we were talking about a little bit off air Angie. Is you know, we like we could and people who don't play or didn't play, whatever it is. Like I understand too. Like you just want your team to be good. Trust me. Some I'm telling you guys, when I watch you know, either Oregon State games, no matter what it is. Like, there's times where I get so upset I want to run through a TV. But I decide not to. But that's the thing, Angie, is that regardless what decision these kids make, you know, some of them obviously are going to sign with Oregon State. Some of them don't. I mean, I just think it's it's really cool. And there's a lot of pressure on these kids, too, because you're basically signing your life away for four years. And so I think that's super big.
1: Yeah, and just and just saying classy, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not really expecting a lot of – um guys not signing that we're expecting. I mean, we've been, you know, in touch with these guys since they signed or since they committed and, and before even um, have pretty good relationships. Both, you know, myself and Adam Nicholson um, have been touch ba- touching base with these guys. We are pre- getting ready all of our, you know, preview stuff. And um, I, I'm not there, – there might be a surprise or two as far as some guys we're waiting to hear on that we'll be announcing tomorrow. But um, as far as the guys that are committed – Yes. They're they seem to be per- very solid. But you're right. There's guys, you know, that might choose elsewhere and it it's awful that when, you know, grown adults will take to social media and bash these guys when there's a lot out of it's not like they're just doing it to um, you know to to, to, be piss, fat, you know, to piss to piss off to, yeah, one. They're not doing yeah, it to, to piss off the beaver fan base. They're doing it because of a lot of pressures and gosh, I can tell you stories, Marcus, of guys that you know, years passed where it was like they were going to go to Oregon State. It was like all set in stone. and But then maybe their high school coach got in their ear about something. or um, And then mom's upset. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen guys commit places and the mom just looks shell-shocked. Like, oh, wait, what? I have a,
0: yeah, I remember for a fact, Angie, when I, that story I told you about Chip Kelly and when I went and took my visit, everything like that. Uh, and my mom. It, it was super funny because when I told my mom that, because she wasn't there with me, she was out with the other coaches. She was with the running back coaches and um, everything like that, just checking out like the academic stuff and academic side of things. And afterwards, my mom was like, "No, this isn't the spot." <laughs> I was <just laughs> like, "All right, well, okay, guess I'm not going there." But that's the thing too, because you know, I, I, me and my family, or me and my mom, I should say, we went to Arizona State as well, and. Yeah, they take, you know, they take your mom and, like, they, they show you and your mom everything. But then, you know, you and your mom split up. The coaches take your mom, talk to her and everything like that. And me, right, they took me to a different route. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, not anything bad, I should say. Gosh, that sounded horrible. I, 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 we <laughs> sounded horrible. Yeah, we weren't out, like, doing anything crazy. No, it was just, like, they just talked to you about parties and talked to you about, like, you know, you can go pool parties. Like I think about it, you're playing football, blah blah, blah all that. But anyways, Angie, <laughs> it's signing. It's signing some day of our, tomorrow. Yeah, I was. Some I of think, our
1: fans might want to hear more about. Yeah, I
0: was thing. gonna say. I feel like I'm I'm digging myself into a hole that I don't really want to. <laughs> but uh, Angie, do you? We, I mean, we can go off this. Who's like? I would say, or I want to ask you, who do you think is the most exciting? um I don't want maybe position group I don't know if there's a single player that you looked at that you thought was going to come in and make an instant impact but do you kind of have either a a certain player or just a couple guys coming into a certain position group that you think are going to come in and make an impact right away
1: well Marcus and you know these guys too you've been doing all of our film studies on Beaver Blitz and breaking down film um first of all it's a huge um hugely focused defensive class which watching the Second to worst ranked defense. It's kind of needed. But the guy, there's two guys that I am really, really excited to see. Um, the first is Jordan Whitley, junior college defensive tackle coming in from Laney College. The guy is a badass.
0: Yeah, he Seriously,
1: is. Of, you've seen his film. I mean, he plays nasty. He plays mean. And I mean, nasty in the, the best possible way. I mean, the guy um, is pushing guys around. And then Evan Bennett. And both these guys, neither one of them are like the most highly ranked guys in this class. But both of those guys play angry. Uh, they play tough. And it was interesting. I, I had a chance yesterday to sit down with Coach Smith, and it was it was really kind of a cool experience. It was just Nick Daschle, Steve Gress, and myself uh, sat down with him for half hour just kind of talking about recruiting, the coach coaching hire, just his thoughts after being here for a year. And he made a comment about – he wanted to get, you know, he wants nasty on that defensive line, and he and he made a comment that kind of stuck with me. He said, "You know, guys come in if they're nasty, they play D line. If they're not, we move them to O line."
0: Right. Well, Angie, it's funny that you say that, or at least those two players, because that's exactly. Oh, Are those the two to, you had? Yeah, to? they were the exact two. Because, I mean, we've seen the defensive line struggle so much, and that's what I was saying is that sometimes. You know, the way I look at defensive line and obviously like I and I said this in one of my breakdowns is um, sometimes the best players on no matter what it is, no matter what sport it is, too. Um, but no matter what it is, if they don't have maybe they're not making the play, for example, say Evan Bennett, even though he's not going to get the sack, but you have to double team him. That is huge. That's huge because then it's just one-on-one with other guys or there's even, you know, it opens up a gap for maybe a linebacker to blitz or whatever it is. But that's what I like to evaluate too because we obviously know these guys are going to make plays. I mean, I hope they do because from their film, I have no doubt in my mind, Angie, because that's what we were saying is that with Bennett's film, first of all, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, this guy is just running through people. Like, we have, like, 300-pound old linemen getting thrown back I mean, he played in a, in a damn good division in California, obviously. Yeah, and they, the won
1: state, yeah, they won the state title, too. And they knocked up you know, St. John Bosco, one of the top-ranked teams in the country.
0: Right. Well, and, so. and with Whitley, too, I'm just – when I look at his film, I'm just like, these guys – like, Coach – I think Coach Smith and his staff did a great job of just getting somebody that's just – like, you have to have people who are nasty on the defensive line because not, he, he's entirely right. Nice guys don't play defensive line. Like, I'm not going to lie, all of all of the defensive linemen I've played with, they've been kind of assholes. Excuse my language, but they really have. I mean, and that's just how you have to play, right? That's yeah, I mean, yeah. that's how it is. You have to have a mentality. You have to be, you know, dirty. You have to be – well, not dirty, goodness. You have to be – you know what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> Anyone yeah. listening knows what you I'm saying. you to play listen. with a, with yeah, a bean streak. Exactly. Yeah. Angie, uh, so that's defensively. Is there anybody offensively? I would say uh, – is it – I don't want to butcher his name. Is it – Musk Musgrave.
1: Musk Musgrave. Musk, Musgrave. That's
0: what it is. I think he's going to be extremely good too. I mean, that kid yeah. when I watch this film and you see him going up against other really good players, he did really good. And that's a that's a good way to look at it, obviously. You know, it's 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 pretty simple. If you have two good players going at it and then, you know, the one who signed with Oregon State is playing better, then that's where I'm like, I give him the head shake and and, you know, the whole dodgeball thumbs up with Chuck Norris type thing. I was like, okay, this kid is this kid is what I'm talking about. Angie, who is yeah. uh, who is it for you offensively?
1: You know, I like Musgrave. I also, I think the transfers are going to be huge. Obviously, uh, Tristan Jebbia, the quarterback, um, huge, right? I mean, Oregon State needs a quarterback. But out of the, the preps that are signing, I really like the running back, Peron Madison, out of Banning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be coming in early. He's enrolling early and just not that necessarily that he's going to come in and play, just because there's so much depth there at running back. But I just like the potential that he brings.
0: Right, and Angie, when I watched this film, that I would say the biggest thing I noticed with him is that that kid has some strong legs because he is he is breaking tackles. He is, I mean, and that's that's the thing too is half the time he he didn't really have a hole. Let's be honest. I mean, I don't know how good his team was, but I'm going to be 100 percent honest. His team offensively didn't look that great. And so when you, and he played quarterback, didn't he? So when you have someone, I mean, a lot of people just put their best athlete at quarterback because obviously, you know, you have your best athlete getting the ball every play, and then he can make the decisions, everything like that. The coaches trust him and everything. But Angie, he is good, and you're right. The other one. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just don't know if he'll play right away, which is which is speaking a lot for this running back group because I would say the Oregon State's run Oregon State basically has always had a pretty darn good running back group. But I don't know, Angie. They, I don't. And you know, you would know this better than me. If BJ Baylor can really develop this off season, I mean, arguably, it, would you say you could, could? How about this? Could you put it in the conversation of, of in the top three best that we've ever had with Jefferson, oh, AP, you. and Baylor, and then Madison coming in? Uh, completely.
1: Oh yeah. And, and then, let's and not forget Calvin forget Tyler too. Calvin Tyler and Case Rogers. Right. I mean, that's, that's a pretty deep group. And then another, I, I don't want to overlook this guy either. He's another in-state guy, uh, Anthony Gould. He was the second commit for this class. He committed back in March, but he was Coach Smith's really, his first for the, the 2019 class. West Salem, and the kid is lightning. So a fun fact for you, he's an athlete, Oregon State likes him in that slot. He's he's kind of that next Victor Bolden, I think, is who you likened him to. Mm-hmm. But here's a, here's a fun stat for you. His coach, I reached out to their coach, and um, he said, he goes, here's a fun fact for you. Anthony, every 3.75 times that Anthony touched the ball, 3.75, it was a touchdown.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> he was a return guy. He played running back. He played receiver. Three point, every 3.75 times the kid touched the ball, it was a touchdown.
0: That is yeah. That's crazy. uh. That's unbelievable, Angie. Because that was the thing. I think I wrote about that too. Is it was almost too hard to to evaluate his film, and maybe it's. I mean, I haven't been doing the evaluations as long as you guys have or anyone with twenty four seven. But you know, I just go off my football knowledge and how I see them panning out and everything like that. But it was hard because I was like, I don't know, like. With a weakness, I was like, I couldn't really tell. <laughs> I mean, the only thing yeah. I could say is maybe he's not going to be able to dance as much when he gets to Division One. But even then, when you watch his film, like he doesn't dance a lot. He he understands that it's North and South. But and on his film, he scored like every time, like every single time, every clip for like ten minutes he was scoring. So I was like, well, I don't, I don't really know what to say. What's wrong with this guy? But no, Angie, that's and and I was gonna say him as well because. You look at it, and you finally—I ha- think we—you have someone that's that's uh Trayvon Bradford uh Trayvon Bradford, excuse me, and a Victor Bolden type player. And I don't know if we really had that last season. I know we had Trayvon Bradford, but you know we we kind of used him as a as like a one-on-one guy, maybe not as much as a, of a deep threat. But you know now you get you have Tajon Lindsey as well. I mean, Angie, the pieces are starting to come together. And yeah, now I, they need
1: a big receiver. You right. know, another. A tall, tall. Yeah,
0: uh, because Isaiah Hodgins is. I if you if you get a quarterback that can consistently get him the ball and the offensive coordinator understands that, I mean he's going to be a freak. He'll have a breakout year because I mean he, Angie, he's damn good as well.
1: He is. Yeah. Completely.
0: So it's looking. I mean, Angie is looking good. I, I no, would,
1: it is, and, and I don't want to be all rainbow. I mean, I, Mike Parker actually asked me yesterday, kind of off air. He's like, I've heard you know people rumbling that you might not be as high on this class. And okay, first thing got to remember this class isn't like knock your socks off at all. It's fairly pedestrian, but I love the pieces that they're getting. And the fact that these guys are intelligent football players, they're going to pick things up quick and that they have never wavered. I mean, these guys want to be here. They know there's work ahead. And um, I, I just like the the pieces that are falling together here.
0: Right. And, you know, like you said, Angel, we don't want it to be all sunshine and rainbows because you can get all the players you want. I mean, shoot, you see all these SEC schools who get really good players and then they don't pan out in the SEC schools. Obviously, you know, some of them lose or, or a lot of them lose, whatever it is, right? And it's all about how you develop as soon as you get to college, how serious your players take it. But I think Coach Smith has the right mindset and he's he's showing he's, – he'll. I think he will show these guys kind of what it takes and what they need to do because, I mean, I like – what he's doing now because he's bringing in so many of, say for defensive line example. I mean, if the defensive line continues to be this bad, then that's a serious problem, but he's bringing in guys right away. Cause you have to up the competition. I mean, realistically there wasn't last season and the season before, and even the season before that, there weren't too many guys that will push one another to take them to the next level and be like, okay, well, if you're not going to step up, I'm going to take your spot. But now it's like that. Now you got young guys coming in who are going to play right away, more than likely so that means everyone who did start, you have to step up your game or young guys can't take your
1: spot. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And then you also look at, you know, when was the last time that Oregon State had four four-stars? So I know they're not showing up in the, in the recruiting ranking, but there are four former four-star transfers that they're adding kind of quietly to the mix as well. And then one thing we haven't talked about is kind of maybe a surprise or two and I fully expect Oregon State to get the grad transfer from Arizona, uh, Nathan Eldridge. He will – I mean, he's a center. He was a Remington watch list guy. Injured himself last year without all last season, but will be a grad transfer back reuniting with Coach Mihalicek. And he'll, he'll be a plug-and-play center for Oregon State next season.
0: Angie, I don't know if, like, Oregon State has <laughs> – I don't know what they're doing for this free agency, but, I mean, it seems like it seems like every single – time that there's like a transfer not every single time but i should say but now and i don't even know the whole thing with nebraska but every time someone either one decommits there or elects to transfer i mean shoot there's been a handful of guys that have done that obviously oregon state's got some but every single time i'm like he might, he's probably gonna go to oregon state he's probably gonna go to oregon state <laughs> you know and
1: well, I, a lot of that's just the, the relationship bill right, right. They, and that's the thing recruited by gray or by riley and they just have that trust factor and and, I mean, if you're a free agent and you have to sit out of here anyway because of transfer, why wouldn't you go to a place that you know that you can come in when you do play and step in and make an immediate impact?
0: Right, and you already that's know the guys that. They're
1: leaving because yeah, they want to
0: play. Exactly. And the and the coaches are, you know, you already know the coach. That's huge.
1: Exactly. It's so huge. So
0: that's big. Um, Angie, do you want to add anything before we go to some damn questions?
1: Well, I want to say one thing because I think with all the excitement and the hubbub coming up with signing day tomorrow – I think it might've got overlooked because Oregon state actually picked up their first 2020 commit on was it Friday in um, John Miller, a tight end out of Tualatin high school. He is ranked I believe, fifth 24 seven composite has been ranked fifth in the state for the 2020 class. Great start. You know, when you look at the state of Oregon next year, there's some really good players. And so just to kind of get that momentum going um, get that first commitment in the books, fun to see, fun to see for Oregon State as they, you know, look ahead. I mean, everything's just, you know, it used to be we waited till February to even talk about the 2019 class. And now the 2019 class is going to be basically done tomorrow, signed and sealed, delivered. And then we start looking ahead already to 2020 and 2021. So um, it's it's just moving forward.
0: Well, and that's the thing, you know, before we go to damn questions, Angie, it's just, I would, I just want to say it's pretty cool, right? I mean, it's a it's a fun experience, not only for, the player or for us fans, but it is for the players too. I mean, and that's what I was saying at the beginning of the podcast where I, I started to understand and I'm starting to understand some more. Like, I mean, it, it's fun for these kids. Why you know?
1: recruiting's fun, why it's fun to follow. It is. It's so you know I, know, I know you've been kind of down on the star rankings <laughs> and recruiting and the get off my lawn and get off social media. But, you know, this is, and that's something I think with blitz that we really try to, to spotlight is the fact that, you know, tomorrow is a day of celebration. It's a day of, you know, these guys are joining Beaver Nation. They are, they're excited to be Beavers. They're excited to come to Corvallis and, and play football and get their degree. Um, and so, for us running a website that covers recruiting, we celebrate them. We have so much great stuff planned um, that we've been working with these young men and their families and their coaches. Um, so we have tons of stuff planned for tomorrow. And then it goes off, you know, for the next several weeks, lots of um, recaps and and such to celebrate this. It's a big day in these guys' lives.
0: It is a big day, and it's going to be exciting. I know I'm excited, but uh, Angie, is it time for some damn questions?
1: It is time for some damn questions.
0: Damn questions are brought to you by Body of Health Chiropractic and Wellness Center. Dr. Jason Young has been the chiropractor for Oregon State Athletics since 2011. Go to yourbodyofhealth.com for more information.
1: Okay, so I've got the first question, and this comes from Dr. Jason Young, and thank you uh, with Body of Health chiropractic and wellness. So our sponsor actually has a question for you. Marcus, you've heard um, heard us mention that Tristan Jebbia has been a great peer recruiter this year. Last year it was Isaiah Smalls. Who are the best peer recruiters this season?
0: I would say, I mean, for me, it, it would probably be either anybody from that has transferred from Nebraska or any transfer player, really, because that's kind of like, you never want to say it's a pipeline because, I mean, that's where like the whole... I don't know if it was like the Hawaii coach was all weird about that or whatever. I don't even care about that. But you know what I'm saying? But anytime you have a transfer player that can basically explain why they would leave a place like Nebraska, Oklahoma, and come to Oregon State, right, and and come across the the nation, I feel like that's big because they're just explaining to you why the, or how they see the vision, why they see the vision, and why other players should see the vision. So that's what I would say. I, I mean, Angie, yeah, exactly. I'm sure you could say the same thing.
1: and and they're there with the guys like during football games and things. And like you said, they just have a different perspective. You know, it's like they were a big time, highly rated recruit who did go to a big time. And I say that with air quotes, um, program and maybe it's not always what it's cracked up to be. And they can kind of, like you said, you know, show a different side of it. Right. Um, okay. Well, this is one, this is one, I mean, Daniel Devaney, PT blazer fan has a couple, um, how big of an effect does coach Burns leaving have on the team and this class, um, Honestly, I don't see it as a huge one. You know, he had L.A. recruiting ties, but really was Alex Austin was his one recruit that he was solely responsible for. So um, I, I don't see it as a huge, huge impact. And then he also asked about Luton, whether Luton will be granted a second, a sixth year of eligibility. Um, and then if not, who do you see the Beavers turning to as a backup? So I, I addressed this yesterday after our meeting with Coach Smith. It is in the lodge, but, you know, Luton has applied. I don't know how much of a slam dunk it is, but but Jake has also not decided whether, even if he is grand at that sixth year, whether he'll come back. Um, It might be just time for him to to move on. So it's not like a slam dunk. If it happens, he's back. Who the Beavers use um, as a backup, that's going to be up in the air. You know, you have Coletto, I guess, would be your um, kind of the the leader in the clubhouse, but you have um, Aiden Willard. And then you also have... uh, um nick moore Uh, matt moore's brother is a walk-on and i've heard actually some pretty good things about him as well so um it's one of the reasons i'm very i've been pretty vocal on blitz about the bees needing a prep qb in this class but then again i would much rather have oregon state save that spot if they're not going to get a top level qb that they think can compete in this level and save that for next year because the qb class is way stronger in 2020 than it
0: is in 2019. All right, Angie, I think, I mean, most of these are for you because you would know this better than me. This is by uh, Panther Coach Egg. He says, is Oregon State going to be a major player in recruiting the Polynesian pipeline this year and in the future? If so, why do the Beavers have spending time recruiting in the islands and here in the States? Oh, Oh, okay, sorry, I butchered that. It says, if so, who do the Beavers have spending time in the islands and recruiting in the States. So I guess it's just asking what okay. coach.
1: Uh, it's coach Leggy Um he would be, you know, he recruits Hawaii and Samoa for Oregon state um, and the, is the D line coach. So, you know, yeah, I mean, they're going to, you know, coach Smith, I think Nick Dash will ask about that yesterday about the Polynesian pipeline. And that's something Oregon state has such a rich history with. I don't see them getting away from that. Then again, Coach Smith's just looking for the best players. Um, There are, you know, Siali Liku is one we're waiting on for tomorrow. It's down really between Oregon State and UCLA. So that is one that we are watching really closely um, to see kind of where he goes. It's 50-50 right now, and uh, that's, you know, they'll be looking for the best players. So, um, But obviously, you know, the Polynesian pipeline is not just the coach that's on the road. It's it's the feeling they get when they're on campus and, and the players that are already here. And Oregon State has you know, a lot of Polynesian players and, uh, you know, a great Polynesian community within the school. So, um, that's, that's kind of where, where it's at right now.
0: All right, Angie. Um, uh, I just had the question. I don't know why my phone just freaked out. So, Oh, okay. This is from uh, just be I think this is a really good question. And this would, I think this could bring up a good debate, but if Oregon keeps getting top five recruiting classes and Oregon state can't get a top 50 recruiting class, does OSU ever stand a chance to win versus UNO? And personally for me, I would say, I don't know like what it has been really in the past. Angie, you, that's why I'm saying you would probably know better than me, but has Oregon State really ever competed with U of O when it came to recruits like this?
1: No, and that's just it. I, I absolutely, they can compete with U of O. Um, a lot of it is just the culture you're building, right? Um, there's guys, I mean, there's some guys on U of O's roster right now that went head to head with Oregon State are at U of O and... For whatever reason, they're not panning out, so um a lot can be said for just getting guys that want to be here work hard. sometimes the outwork factor is there, sometimes you get guys that just maybe get disillusioned because but now they're in a in a class of you know they're all five star four star guys that think they need to be playing, and then they get disillusioned when they're not yeah um it, there's so many factors that you can't really just you know the recruiting class rankings are a good start, but when you when you take a lot of the intangibles and consider those, that's, that's where, you know, I think Oregon state will be successful. Yeah. Now, granted, I, I if I, in my opinion, Oregon state needs to, you know, win four or five games next year and then that will just help catapult Oregon state's recruiting. Is Oregon state ever going to have a top five class? I no. I mean, I, I don't mean to be a downer, but they're not. That being said, you have a top 30, a top 35 class, Of guys that want to be here want to work hard and can be developed and you know each class has a couple you know high three high four star or mid four star guys oregon state will be right in the in the mix
0: well angie and that's the thing too because you know just to add on this really quick is i think a lot of people don't take into consideration is that yeah you get these guys right like so oregon got that number one recruit why you get him because obviously he's uh, a lot of guys think he's the most talented guy in the country and he has the most potential but then Potential lays on not only the player, so if, if he stays humble, obviously works hard like I always preach, then that's good for him as well. But this kid is still, you know, he's still a high school guy, right? So he's coming in to probably play right away, let's be realistic, but that's all on developing with the coaches. And, you know, I've talked to a handful of guys here at the station who, you know, they are they like Oregon, they like everything about him, all that, and, you know, people outside of the station as well, and, and they tell me, that they really think Oregon State has the better coaches when it comes to developing players, but it's Oregon has these guys, these coaches who could sell the idea and sell the dream, right? So you show up, like Angie, like we were saying a couple of days ago with the whole Trayvon, I mean, a couple of weeks ago with the Trayvon Bradford thing, right? You walk in there, it's like they're trying to sell you on a car and all yep. that. But yeah, you could choose that. You could choose to go there and just like I almost did but I just didn't feel like they were really going to develop me how I wanted to develop or use me how I wanted to be used, right? And so that's what people have to take in consideration is that you can have all the pieces, but then the coaches have to coach you, and that's what they're there for. That's why they're getting paid those big bucks to coach because if you can't develop a player at this level, then that's on you and your coaching staff. And a handful of guys, I won't say any names, but they are really big with recruiting, right? Not just in, the, in Oregon, but all around, they say that they you know a lot of people really think that Oregon State has the better coaching staff when it comes yeah, to developing and I've heard players that too. right you know
1: it's, and that's you know we we get in that argument a lot we're kind of going off topic here but i think it's it's worth talking about coach riley was kind of known as this diamond in the rough you know he'd find these diamonds in the rough those guys are fewer and farther between now because yeah. film is so much easier um it, it's these guys are not hidden any longer but what does separate and maybe would be a a quote-unquote diamond in the rough, would be those guys that maybe were a little less recruited, but just for whatever reason, whether they're just more coachable, whether they just work harder. um, You know, I I always go back to James Rogers, one of my favorite players I've ever covered in in this job. Here's a kid who was a two-star, had Texas State as his only other offer, um, but he's that type of kid. And I'm not saying Oregon State needs to go out and find a bunch of two-stars. That's not. But the type of player that he was – was that con- he, he was open to being coached. He took what his coaches, you know, and he put that to work. He wanted to be coached, and he worked his ass off. Um, those are the type of guys that are going to, you know, be the guys that Oregon State can, can really take advantage of and develop
0: right and that's all it takes is just development and then if you can develop your players that's where the wind start I mean obviously your players will get better the winds start piling in
1: exactly then I you think, get a better a better level athlete but right. you, you can never go away from that guy that will come in and work right you that, know the and, Brandon Cooks Brandon Cooks was a four-star highly highly recruited guy but he had that special maturity that a lot of these guys don't have when they're the highly rated guys that come in and you know, I'm going to. You know, I might be a four star, but I'm going to come in and work my tail off and continue to get better and listen to my coaches and and try to push myself and everyone else around me to be better. And that's what Oregon State's going to need.
0: Exactly. Angie, you hit it spot on.
1: I try. <laughs> I, you know. You really killed. I, that. I knew today was going to be a good day. I mean, I, I turned on my car and and uh, regulate was on. So it's always a good day when you start the day with regulate.
0: <sighs> and Marcus
1: is probably like, I don't even know that song.
0: Yep. Oh wait, are you okay. talking about by Warren G? Warren G. Regulators mount up. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. That um,
0: one. Angie, I should probably. I've got
1: one here in Blitz. Actually. Okay. Yeah. 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 Bigs one thirty two says, "How long do you believe it'll take to hire a new coach, um, and how important is that um, for the time frame in recruiting?" I asked that specific question yesterday of Coach Smith. And he said he's had a lot of interest. He's talked to a lot of people already. Um, he said it could be in a week and it could be in four weeks. He's not in a hurry. And, you know, I, I, I get this and I understand this because he's a first-year coach, first-time head coach. You know, he said this these these uh, assistant coaching jobs are so important because you can't afford to get it wrong. Mm-hmm. You can't afford to bring on a guy that maybe doesn't mesh well with the rest of the staff or has different differing ideals. So, you know, he said, I'm not in a huge hurry. And I said, well, it's recruiting L.A., is that a huge, you know, piece to this? And he said, it is, but it's not. Um, they'd like to have a guy that has LA experience. However, if they don't, if, they, if the best candidate is a guy that doesn't have that Southern Cal experience or connections, um, you know, they have plenty of guys they can move around. You know, a, a Michael Petrie could could slide right into LA and, and handle that just fine. So yeah, I think um, he, could he didn't sure. give us a lot of clues, but, um, you know, we, we have a, a coaching hot, hot board up right now. There's a couple of guys I... You know, I'm intrigued by, you know, Eric Williams, former Oregon state corner, um, Terrence Brown, who was a a corner at Stanford is now coaching at Vandy. So, um, from Compton, he's like my number one pick right now. Of course, I have not talked to him. Maybe he would not be a good fit, but, um, I just like kind of, you know, that cerebral approach. He, Mm -hmm. He was with coach Smith as a GA up at Washington. So there is some connection there, but, um, Yeah, there's no timetable, and, you know, frankly, the class is almost full. So the 2019 class is – seriously, guys, I'm telling you, there's like two or three spots after tomorrow that they'll look to fill. So um, that's not – it's not like they have to get someone in now to hit the road come January, what, 4th or whatever they can go out. So Right. Well,
0: Angie, that was some good stuff.
1: I know. It's going to be fun. So, guys, I I have one thing before we, we close up. We have extended our offer. I, gosh, I've been excited. We have added so many new members to Beaver Blitz over the past five days. We're running a promotion for new members. Sign up for a month, nine ninety-five, and you get two months for the price of one. So under $10, it'll get you tomorrow and all the way through February signing day with all the coverage we have, all of Marcus's film breakdown, um, all of our coaches' assessments that we're, we're going to be running. Um, so definitely take advantage of that. Two months for the price of one. 17 cents a day, Marcus.
0: Seriously. 17 cents a day? Come on, y'all. Serious.
1: It's like I, no-brainer.
0: Yeah, if, if, I don't know, maybe we could figure something out where I can have like a rant session. I don't know. Ooh, I mean, a if, lot.
1: Marcus's weekly rant session. I love
0: it. <laughs> you know what really grinds my gear? No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that bitter and I'm not that grumpy. I'm really not. <laughs> There's just times where watching football makes me super upset and I'm telling you guys, like sometimes I'm... You could even ask, I mean, shoot, I wish I had my roommate on this because he would tell you. There's times he's like, are you okay? Because I'm like, I'm squeezing pillows. I'm like, (laughs) I just want to like headbutt like my table. I don't know. I want to run through my TV. But it's all right. I love sports. I love doing this. So, uh, Angie, anyways, we'll be back next week, Monday? Monday. Monday. Well,
1: Christmas Eve, are we doing Christmas Eve?
0: I don't know. I don't know if I got cookies to eat. I don't know. I've ate a cookie, Angie, in like a couple months, so I, I haven't
1: either, Marcus. I my kids keep asking me when are they gonna gonna frost sugar cookies, and I'm kind of like holding out because I don't want them around the house because then I'll want to eat them. I love <laughs> me some cookies, but I've been trying this low carb thing, Marcus.
0: Has it been working or what?
1: I'm down thirteen pounds.
0: You know what, everyone who's listening getting- to this, we got to give Angie <laughs> a round of applause because that's that's awesome, Angie. Congrats, that's great. Thanks. Maybe, now maybe I, I should I get do back that. Back to the gym. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Angie, we'll be back. Oh, you're right. It's Christmas Eve. We'll figure out a time. We'll, how, yeah. about, how about this? Everyone following? We'll we'll uh we'll either tweet it out. Maybe we'll just do one. Maybe we can do one at the end of the week again. Or maybe I don't know. We'll figure it out. But I'm hoping, hoping, Angie, and I say hoping, we can maybe bring on. I'm gonna reach out to one of the Roger brothers. Maybe, maybe reach out to people who are on the 2001 team. I sent Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, a direct message. He said he read it. I don't know if he's going to, if he'll hop on, but if he does. (laughs) Can you
1: imagine that one, that conversation?
0: Oh, that would be so, oh, my goodness, that'd be dope. But we'll figure that out. Everybody, thank you again for listening to another episode of the Damn Podcast with your hosts, Marcus Greaves and Angie Machado.